What is up, everybody? Welcome into the Bat Flip, where we discuss everything baseballs. I'm Landon Raby. With me, Dylan Taylor. Caleb Mitchell in here as well. The brooms are out. We swept the whole state of Mississippi. Um, still consensus number one team, and postseason baseball's here. We excited? We we feeling good? Oh, yeah. It'd be even more excited if a certain someone won player of the year today, but we'll get into it. Yeah, we will get into that. Uh, Tennessee outscores the defending national champion Mississippi State uh, 41 to 10 in the series um, at the Dude, where uh, they fed us. So we fed them with uh, a lot of baseballs um, back there in the, the outfield. So they, you know, returned the favor and gave us some cooked food. So we appreciate it. Um, Tennessee is able to sweep uh, Ole Miss and Mississippi State on the road this season. And this team just – they seem to be healthy. Um, healthy as they've been all season long with their pitching, with their lineup, minus Jared Dickey. I think this – you know, we talked about it last night on more important issues. It was – you know, this lineup seems set, and they seem to be playing some of the best baseball they've played all season long and at the right time. Right when you want – when you want to be playing your best baseball, I think Tennessee's doing that right, right this second. And is it is it true that they feed every other fan base except or every other team except Ole Miss? Because if that's true, that's the most petty thing I've ever heard, and I absolutely love it. I've not heard that, but if if that is the case, that's that's pretty freaking awesome. I just I saw it in the comments somewhere. It's like we basically the the hospitality towards every team except the the state the team that shouldn't be named and I knew who that was immediately. So if that's if that's the case, yeah, it's that's I really didn't have an opinion of Mississippi State fans or Mississippi State in general, just either way. So that that won me over. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, Mississippi State did have some injuries this this season. Um their their lineup I thought was pretty good. They can hit, but their pitching staff is damn near one of the worst in the country they're rough <laughs> um you set some records starting thursday night you won that game 27 to 2 which is just unreal um you start off the the whole series with the second batter of the game hits a home run and then you end up going back to back to back um home runs there with with luke and, and jordan beck and drew gilbert finished that one off and that kind of just set the tone for the whole weekend and that's you know Baseball is, is an insane sport. You score 27 runs, and then the next day you, you score one run in the first seven innings. That's how it goes. I mean, it's it's the old joke of you used it all up, should have saved some for the next game. Sometimes I think it's actually true. I mean, you hang 27 on anybody, but especially in a way game in the SEC, and you could probably figure the next game not isn't going to be as easy, but it's you come away with a sweep. However you want to divide your runs up is fine with me if you come away with a sweep. Absolutely, yeah. And and this was coming off a weekend where Mississippi's you, – you could argue maybe Tennessee had something to play for, but Mississippi State had everything to play for. You know, their season is, is over if they don't get things going. And Tennessee, it just didn't – I don't know. Maybe they were just ready for it to be over. I, I don't know. It, it just – it was just a weird – Weird series, but Tennessee came out and got the sweep, and um, it just seems like no matter who you put in front of them, no matter what the consequences or, or whatever, 
else you want to call it, Tennessee is going to come out and play ball. I think they were ready for it to be done. I mean, that, that's – I hate saying that, but that's what it looked like. I mean, that with that good of a crowd behind you in a home series to end the year, I mean, yeah, you know you're playing the best team in college baseball, but I think that would maybe get you a little more juiced up. And you know you, you've got to win – you need to win all three, which you know you're probably not going to do. But if you can get two, you know, you might – you might get in the postseason then, and they yeah, – first game, definitely not. And the second game, we talked about it being closer, but I don't – I didn't really see anything in that game that was anything State really did. I think it was just kind of stuff we didn't do. It, they just they, – they never really showed any signs of life in this series, I guess the best way to put it, and that was – that's odd. That's odd to see because injuries are one thing. But just just not looking like you really want to be there is another, and that that's that's kind of what it looked like to me. Which I, I think Lamonis is a good coach, so I don't know I don't know what happened there. Yeah, just a uh, really odd for them to to come out and be the team that they were this season. But hey, we'll, we'll take it. Um, we'll, we'll take the sweep. And I, did did Mississippi State fans just buy tickets to come see Tennessee? Is that is that what you do in that case? You you know. Probably your season's over. You, just a, not a great year at all. Do you just pay that money to? Hey, I'm going to go see the best team in college baseball and enjoy some some good weather on the weekend. Is is was that all that was? Because there was a lot of people there when you're down 21 runs on Thursday. We we've reached the point in the year where it's it's nice enough outside to where it's just something to do. I think I think that's all it was. Yeah, yeah. There's there's not a lot to do in Mississippi anyway. So very true. Um. You know, maybe that's that's a good point. Um, but Tennessee's – I was super impressed with, with Tennessee's pitching staff. I mentioned Mississippi State has a really good lineup. R.J. Yeager, Hunter Hines, those two can can drop bombs at, at any point. And, um, man, Chase Dolander just shoved it. And, and, again, setting the tone. You know, I mentioned the, the back-to-back-to-back home runs. Chase Dolander did it. And – you know, if you don't score seven runs and, and keep batting around like he did in, in the seventh inning, he probably comes back out there. I, I don't know how far he goes, but, you know, throwing a no-hitter through six innings, six strikeouts, um, you know, only one walk. I don't remember what his pitch count was, but it wasn't very high. Um, for for him to, you know, it it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Like you're scoring all these runs, it's great. You're getting a lot of people looks, but it's like, man, you you could do something special that that doesn't happen very often, and um, against a, a really good lineup, and you know, just wasn't able to go back out there after you hit around for so long. Yeah, I want to say he was. I want to say 87 pitches. That could be wrong though, but I, I want to say he was somewhere in the 80s, maybe. So it was. It's probably just enough to where, I mean, I, not probably. It definitely was just enough to where they they didn't want to trot him back out there. When I mean, you, it's already clear you're probably going to win this series, even if you lose all three games. Doesn't matter. I mean, you you're he's at sixty seven pitches. Sixty seven. Yeah. I may have thrown back back out there then. <laughs> I was like, I was thinking from the mindset of eighty seven. I was like, okay, I mean, that's you know, then like he's probably. One more inning, he's he's going to be close to a hundred. I mean, he's went. I think he went one ten earlier this year, something like that, a little over a hundred. So, I, that, that's right. You, you don't 
if he's throwing more than 110 pitches in that game, then you're like, that's we don't. I mean, we're up by this much. What are we doing here? 67. You've just changed my point of view, though. Yeah, but but you're up 21 to nothing here at the end of the right. season. So yeah, you got to think of. You know, you don't want to get his arm sore, but man, that would have been pretty cool if he would have thrown a no hitter um, on Thursday. But the way he's pitching right now, I mean, I know he was awarded SEC Pitcher of the Year um, and SEC Pitcher of the Week today. But is he the best pitcher in the country? For my money, he is. Yeah. Until somebody proves me otherwise. Now I don't watch a lot of other teams, but <clears throat> and I'm pretty biased. But I think he's got to be. He's got to be up there. I mean, in today's in the sport today, it's his main competition is going to be somebody from Vandy or Arkansas. Is normally going to be they're going to have they're going to have a rocker, a cop, someone like that that is going to challenge somebody at least. That neither one of those teams really have it. Oregon State would be the other one that people would probably say they've got somebody. I I don't know. I don't know what they've got. I know they don't have the number one next to their name, despite some people wanting them to. But, I mean, it's the best pitcher I've seen. I've seen nobody else that had – Ben Joyce is the only other pitcher in the nation that has as much hype as him, and that's because he throws a fastball that's literally on fire. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, also with with Dolander, is that not the the best transfer portal recruiting pitch? There is a like look what we did with you know a kid from Georgia Southern. Um, we're now the number one team in the country. He was able to he was pitching in the I forget what Georgia Southern's in. Um, I don't know what what they're in. Honestly, Sun Belt. Sun Belt. Sun Belt. Okay, yeah. thank you, Caleb. Um, so, so he was pitching the Sun Belt, and then you know is now the SEC Pitcher of the Year. And with, you know, it's easy to recruit here anyway, just because the the success of your program. But when you have, you know, kind of same thing with Josh Heupel and Hendon Hooker, you kind of have that like thing to go off of. Like, here's our proof that hey, we can develop you into a really good player. Yeah, I mean, it was clear seeing him last year that he was he was at a different level than than people in the Sun Belt. I mean, it was clear that he he wound up somewhere he shouldn't have been. <clears> so, <throat> but still, to take it from that to not only we just said pitcher of the year, but best pitcher, best player in the country. And, I mean, it looks like a lock for a first-round pick. I don't even think that's good enough. I mean, you could be looking – you could be looking at a number one pick with a year like he's had it. I mean, if he does that again, I don't know how – I don't know how if you're sitting there at first place and you need a pitcher, even if you don't need a pitcher, I don't know how you sit there and look at that and what he's done and how how good his stuff is going to translate to the MLB already and be like, I mean, you could be – we could be watching a number one pick right now. Yeah, and here, here's the the bad part for opposing teams. He, he has another year. Yeah. So, <laughs> he's coming back. To, to get um, better, as if he needed to. Right, absolutely. Um, but but he he pitched phenomenal. I, I thought our bullpen looked really good. I thought Kirby Cannell continues to pitch the best that he's pitched in a Tennessee uniform. I thought Will Mabry did a good job, of, you know, getting out of a jam. Um, I, I just like where we're at right now. Um, Pitching-wise, I think everybody kind of has that role. Um, it, it seems like – I mean, Blade Tidwell. Good God, that I mean, he he pitched the best that he's pitched so far this season um, out of the bullpen. So I, you know, that ninety-nine mile an hour fastball that he threw to 
to end the in the game there at, at the letters. I mean, that's that's untouchable. I had a note on that too. Did did anybody else notice the crazy eyes that he had on the mound too? I, I don't know if anybody else noticed it, but every time they would get the the left the side view of him looking in, his eyes were completely like wide open, and he looked like an insane. Even after he struck the last guy out, like you could tell he just kind of walked around in a circle for a second. He was he was not in his own brain right then. I mean, he was having an out of body experience, and it was terrifying to see. Love it. Yeah, I'm he, sure it he was. Looked, he looked robotic, Dylan. He looked like he, yeah. he was only programmed to throw strikes, and he didn't know where to go after all this. All the strikes had been thrown. His, his like, breathing right, what's, what's was like calculated. It was. It was. He looked like yes. He looked. That's a great way to put it. He looked like a machine. Like I don't think he blinked one time. You oh, go right. back and go back and watch it in that inning, and just tell me his eyes aren't just beads. You, and I was like, you I can't mean, convince he's not. me. You can't convince me he's on a psychopath now. Yeah. After watching yeah. that. I thought he was always like a calm. I mean, we know Drew Gilbert's a psychopath. We know he is. Like, there, there are a couple other guys that are fiery. Blade Tidwell, every time I, I mean, you could see him get pumped up sometimes. Yeah, I mean, deservedly so. But he he looked he scared me more than Drew Gilbert's ever scared me in that moment. If I was standing in the box, I'd be terrified. I, I think Kiv labeled Chad Dallas a psychopath last year on this show I, or on more important issues. I think Blade Tidwell has officially gotten the new psychopath. Yeah, he, he earned it, that's for sure. Whatever he did, keep doing it. Um, I don't know if it was his grandmother, Vicky, who you know I usually talk to at the baseball games, if it was her maybe whipping him into shape, or is it Richard Jackson in the pen, you know, slapping him around, doing something? I don't know. It, whatever it is, keep doing it. Because <clears throat> that, that was fun to watch. Um, but, man, getting out of jams. I mean, Kirby Cannell comes in with – uh, a ru- bases loaded, one out, and gets two ground balls. I think Will Mabry kind of did the same thing, gets out of a jam there. I mean, these – are all our pitchers robots? Uh, the only one I'd say it's not a robot is Kirby, just because I don't know – I don't know what mad scientist could design a robot that looks that beautiful on the mound. But <laughs> just stuff-wise, yes. <laughs> Yeah, that beautiful, and then just throwing junk. I mean, nothing it's just, hard either. Just you know, all over the place. Junk. Love it. You got to have those in your bullpen. Um, glad we have Kirby. Um, let, let's talk about the lineup a little bit. I mean, twenty-seven runs. You got to talk talk about it a little bit. I mean, one through nine, they can change a game at any point. Um, Drew Gilbert. We mentioned psychopath. I mean, was there any doubt that he wasn't going to hit a home run there in the the eighth inning on Friday? He did what psychopaths do. He <laughs> he, he took it over. He, I, I'm still I'm I'm a little distracted. I'm trying to find this clip so I can send it to the group just so you can. I can't describe how terrifying it was, but yeah, I mean, Drew. I mean, we've seen that he he if there's if it's a big moment, he's going to make a play like that. Yeah, psychopath or not, he's just. No matter how crazy he may be in moments like that, it's like he's got nerves to steal. Yeah, and then or- Ortega had goes five for seven on Thursday night with, with eight RBIs. He finished with eleven on the weekend. Luke Lipsius seems like he's good for at least one home run every single game. Evan Russell continues to to really be a anchor down at the bottom of that lineup and really gets things going for you. Um, you see, you need guys like that. He, I thought he had another really good weekend. I think he batted 500, seven for 14. I, th- I think that's right. 
couple tied the RBIs program record too, correct? With Helton, yep, thirty-eight. And I think it's a it's around the same at bats. So you know, when you think about how long Evan Russell's played at Tennessee, you know, it's not like that lopsided when you when you think about the at bats. So I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, Todd Helton would have played six years; he would have had way more." Okay, but the well, same at bats, like that's. Yeah, I mean, my argument to those people is look at the bats they're using. I mean, they, oh, yeah. Todd Helton, I mean, they used pure steel back then. I mean, you, <laughs> you touch the ball and it's flying. These, I mean, they've made improvements with the BB cores, but, I mean, there was a few years there. I remember where they were, I think 2011 was the first year they swapped over, and they was, it was like using a stick the first couple of years. I mean, they were dead. I don't see how anybody hit hit a ball out. Now, they're, they're better. They, they've come back more to the BESR side, but, mm-hmm. yeah, my argument would be, I mean, yep, small park i guess so they're they've got their winning point there but i mean yeah it, same number of at, at bats virtually and the bat that you're using would be my main i mean they're better but those bats they used back in the day there was a reason they deadened them because they were dangerous almost very fun to see though a lot of bombs yeah, a lot of bombs. Uh, we hit 11 on the weekend. We hit seven on Thursdays. So I don't know how small the dude is, but it seemed pretty small this weekend. Ball was flying out, I guess. So Richard Jackson did tell me Tidwell asked for a double open-handed slap to both sides of the face before he goes in. I, yeah, he he was. <laughs> <laughs> I tra- I found the highlight video. I'm trying to find what's our boy Vol Freak. Is that the one on, he uploads all the football games? Oh yeah, I guess yeah, he, yeah. I guess baseballs is off season. I don't see the full game, but mm. you, you see in the highlights after the last strikeout, like Caleb said, he just kind of walks around the mound after he gets the last strikeout, like the anchor man. I, I don't know what to do with my hands. It's pretty yeah. much what he's doing, and you can tell he's coming down off the higher. I think because it's. I, I need a video a of the, the double-handed slap to the face. So I do too. We can That's, get that. Um, ball free, get on it. Where, where did he do that at? There's, they're in a closed dugout at the dude for the away team. I mean, that had to be just wide open. Yeah, there, there's got to be a video somewhere. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, I'll try to cancel Tony V for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Ball coach abuses his players. Good luck. <laughs> I mean, how would you cancel somebody like that? Like, with our fan base, there'd be no way. You couldn't cancel anybody. If uh, contact with a player couldn't bring down Jeremy Pruitt, I don't think it's bringing down Tony Vitolo. <laughs> or Butch, <laughs> allegedly. Especially when it makes a player better. If, you, if it makes them worse, yeah, then you got an argument. But if it makes them better, then... I'll start a fight club in my dugout if they come out <laughs> pitch like that. Exactly, yeah. A mosh pit. Um <clears throat> Uh, let's get into each game. So Thursday, you start off best you could probably ever start back to back to back home runs. Five players had, had three plus RBIs. Seven players had multiple hits. You had eight starters um, in the first three innings have a hit. Seven home runs. I mentioned Drill Ortega, friend of the pod, and um, five for seven on Thursday. Eight RBIs, two home runs. Blake Burke and that beautiful swing of his goes deep again. Um, and then we mentioned Dolander, just how dominant he looked on the mound. Just filthy, filthy. It's – I don't want to say it's a waste, but it's 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 almost a waste to have a pitching performance that good in a game where you – it is a waste to have a pitching performance that good in a game where you score 27 runs. I mean, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> nice from the dominance factor of both sides, but it's like what we were saying earlier. I mean, if there's not – 
Tennessee killed Chase Dolander in that game. Like, if yeah. there's not the 35-minute delay, we may have a no-hitter. Now, I'm not complaining, but, I mean, it's just like – that's how filthy good this team is. It's like, could we not have had that on the on the Friday or Saturday game? Like, I mean, it's it's ridiculous that we're our own worst enemy in a game. I mean, I say that in a negative connotation when you score 27 runs. Obviously, I'm I'm joking there, but that's just crazy that the, the best team we face is ourselves. Yeah. Well, and – like if you're just if you didn't watch the game, just looked at the box score, you're like, oh my god, Tennessee just destroyed Mississippi State. Mississippi State's terrible, and you're thinking of only like hits. You're not thinking of of anything right. else. Um, but but Chase Dolander was dominant, so we do want to give him a little bit of credit uh, for that win on Thursday, even though he probably didn't need it. <laughs> yeah, he he looked cool after he got taken out too. He's just like, yeah, you know. His his strut on the mound that that's pretty that's pretty up there of one of my favorites. In his mind, he when they were congratulating him in the dugout after it was clear he wasn't going back in, his face just kind of looked like, yeah, I I would have gotten the no hitter anyway. So as long as I know I would have, like we're fine. I'm just going to go dominate the postseason now. Oh yeah, yeah. He's like, job's not done. Yeah. Um. Friday. Again, you, you got to love the game of baseball. Have, having 27 runs and come out and, and you only score four the next day. One in the first – you had one run in the first seven innings. But um, it, it, it was that same three that started off the game on Thursday night with the, the back-to-back-to-back-to-back. Back-to-back-to-back. Too many backs. Um, <clears throat> baby got back. But it was Luke, uh, um, Jordan Beck, and, and Gilbert who – um, completed that that comeback in the eighth inning. Luke hit a double. Uh, Jordan had a RBI single, and then Gilbert hit that two-run home run to take the lead, and, and you know, eventually it was the game winner. And, uh, man, w- what a huge lift that is that, to have your veterans, you know, come up that big late in a game like that. As many times you said back right then, I thought you were Chris Berman calling the home run derby. It brought, <laughs> brought me back to my childhood there. For a Jason second. Giambi. Yeah. But, I mean, it, this is the type of game that I thought this series was going to be. I would have never – I was about to say, if I was a betting man, I am a betting man. I would not have bet for us to score 27 in the game. I, I figured with, like we talked about earlier, the what State knew they had on the line, I thought it was going to be a series where you, you'd see a – Three to two game, a seven to five game. I, I thought all of them were going to be coming down to at least the sixth, seventh inning. So, in a way, it was nice to see that. I mean, it's frustrating after you score twenty seven runs to be like, why are we kind of struggling tonight? But I mean, it's it kind of reminds you that that's SEC baseball. Like that's that's what right. most of those games are supposed to be like. Yeah, and I think their their ERA was like five something going into the series. So you had the idea that that it it could get ugly at times if if they let it. Um, but it was only really like that on Thursday. You know, yeah. Friday was pretty close. Saturday, you know, you kind of had to lead the majority of the game, and then got away late. Yeah, they they scored some late to to make it a little closer, but. Um, you hit three home runs in that Saturday game. The bullpen um, really took control. That that was Kirby coming in with in the jam and getting out of it. Will Mabry did the same thing. Um, so I mean, I, I just thought everybody kind of held their weight th- this weekend. No, 
I mean, MVP is going to be one of the toughest ones we've done because there's so many guys that you can put up there. Yeah, I don't know. We're 24 minutes into the show, and I still don't know who I'm – I think I know who I'm taking, but I'm looking <laughs> at stats right now, and I'm like, it's what you're just saying. Like, you look at somebody else, you're like, oh, that's that might be his best weekend. You look at somebody else, like, oh, that's the best I've seen him. So, I'm interested to see who you take. Um, before we get into that, you got Hoover this week. Um, you'll start on Wednesday. You'll get the winner of Vanderbilt and Ole Miss. They'll play tomorrow, and then we will play Wednesday at 530 Eastern time. Um, I think 430 your time, Dylan, central yeah. time. Um, but, yeah, it's some, some all-SEC selections. Yet, um, I mean, we're going to get into it in a second. But Chase Dolander's pitcher of the year. Drew, Bre- Drew Beam is freshman of the year. Tony Vitello, coach of the year. They wouldn't let us get the brooms out for that. Trey Lipscomb. So unnatural. Snubbed. I mean, that's the biggest snub since Peyton. When I saw they were – I thought they would – just because Cruz had a good year, I, I I was thinking a couple of days ago, I was like, I can see him going co-player of the year, which I think is a cop-out personally in my opinion. I, yeah. I think it should be one guy. But I, I was like, I could see them doing that just because they – Every category, it's them two at the top. When I saw – I was looking on SEC's Twitter page and I saw co-player of the year, Dylan Cruz, I was like, okay, they're they're going to split it with him and Trey. That's otherworldly stupid, but I, I get it, I guess. And then yeah. Sonny came out and I'm like, excuse me? I, yeah, can we not go co, co, co? Yeah, had a, back, had back. a good year. I'm not hating on him, but I mean – I don't. I don't understand how you can look at the stats or yeah, just watch them play. That, that's just the SEC there. botching it and not wanting yeah. to give it to Tennessee. But that that's the that's the biggest award, right? And, and so, like for for Trey to not even be a starter and for this year have the year he's having as a senior, being on you know being on the best team in the country, and you don't give it to him when you know if you want to give it to to Sonny or Dylan Cruz. Cool. I mean, it, it's stupid, but give it to one of them. But have it co and don't include Trey Lipscomb in it is is just criminal. It takes away incentive to be dominant. Like you're yeah. saying, if you're too dominant, you can't win too many awards. Like that's I would. I'm not the smartest person, but I think that's what they call an oxymoron. Possibly. Like I mean, it, if you're the most dominant, shouldn't you rightfully so have the most awards? And they. I, I don't get it at all. My argument would kind of be like Dylan Cruz. We all knew he was good. He was he was all SEC last year. Um, he was preseason all SEC this year, and then like yeah, he had, he came alive in, in conference play. Cool. Trey Lipskin was steady. Like it wasn't all like year. he fell off. I mean he he, he did have a, a huge um, couple series in non conference, but I mean. He was still, you know, a huge presence in this lineup throughout the entire conference play. So yeah, I, I just don't, I don't get it. And my thing too is like, if you split awards like that, and it's it's a guy for the number two team in the nation that's that's right up there, and he's he's the most responsible for them being number two and being that good. Even then, I understand it more. But you look at LSU and Auburn, they're third and fourth in the West. 
One of them 17 and 13 in conference. One of them 16 and 13. Now, yeah, they're both 37 and 18 on the year. They both had good years. I'm not saying they sucked or anything, but it's not like they were just the next most dominant teams out there. So that that's what I don't understand either. Is like if if you're a top tier team, I don't know if you can say either one of those are really top tier this year. Maybe in that tier right below. Now postseason, yeah, I mean they could get hot and do anything. They're two good programs. But I just I don't understand I don't understand that part of it either. Like if you're if you're the team right behind Tennessee and it's their best player, fine. I'm I'm cool with you doing co-player of the years. But for third and fourth in the division, I, I don't get it. You know what's gonna be really bad for the SEC is Trey Lipscomb wins national player of the year. Yeah. Because that could happen. It could. If well uh, Melendez from Texas, is that his name? Yeah. Mendez. I mean, yeah, if, if he if he gets cold, I mean, I, I started to say who's who's second best behind him or who's right there with him. It's Trey Liscomb, but I didn't even think you'd have to have that discussion in the SEC. So I don't know, I don't know where I don't know where yeah. the logic comes in. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just they didn't want Tennessee to have a clean sweep, and maybe that was the closest one that they could really give it to somebody else. Which I'm cool with. I'm cool if you gave cool. it to to one of them. But don't give it to both of them and leave Trey Lipscomb out. That's that's you're, the issue I have. You're correct there because if they go pitcher of the year, if it's not Chase Dolander, it's another Tennessee guy. <laughs> exactly. So, so they have to do the same thing. Right. Coach of the year, you you can't you can't change that one. That one's obvious. I mean, that's the most obvious selection of all time. But yeah, pitcher, they if Dolander doesn't get it, they look down the list and oh, it's uh, Chase Burns. Oh, it's Drew Beam. I mean it. Mm-hmm. They they knew that was the one they had to rob Tennessee on, and that's somehow in their brains they didn't think, oh, this is the one that's going to get the most backlash too. Dumb, <clears throat> just dumb. Um, so the All SEC selections: Chase Dolander was first team, Trey Lipscomb first team, Drew Gilbert first team, Chase Burns second team, Drew Beam second team. Um, all freshman selections were Chase Burns, Chase Burns, Drew Beam, Blake Burke. Dang, there's a lot of bees in there. And then all defensive, uh, Drew Gilbert. So, I th- I kind of – Jarrell Crawley's in there, I would think. Beck not being defensive team surprises me. Yeah, that, that's that, – yeah, that's another one. Because he, yeah. he's a guy that you – I feel like you never in right field, you're like, oh, that's a bad play by him. Like, it's if it's in his area, normally he's doing the correct thing with it. And you know he's got a cannon. I mean, we've seen it several times this year. So, that one, that one surprised me. Yeah, I mean, if if you're just doing it by position, you know, maybe drilled, you know, R.J. Yeager's, uh, I think he was the first team. I don't remember who the second team second baseman was. I know Robert Moore's up there. Um, but I, with the year he had, how do you not? I don't get it. It's like every year it's – if a Tennessee player is involved, it's – I don't understand the logic. Yeah. It's like it's every a, other year it comes down to, oh, okay, I see the stats. Like, I see where you got that from. It's like when a Tennessee player is involved, it's like it's just kind of throw a dart and see where it lands. You know, let's just go win Hoover just, just to sh- kind of show it to the SEC. And um, I hope Trey Lipscomb is the tournament MVP. And Golden Spikes. And Golden Spikes, yeah. Be real embarrassing for – uh the old SEC, old Greg Sankey, if that happens. Can't wait. Um, well, let's let's go 
MVP. A lot of a lot of options there. I mean, just put them in a hat and pick one. I and there's not a wrong answer. You want it first or me? Um, I can go first. I, I wanted to pick Jarrell, and I think that was going to be my pick until probably Friday. Um, I just got to go Drew Gilbert. I went Evan Russell last week, so I wasn't going to pick him again. Um, but I, I thought he was he was phenomenal. But Jarrell, he was six for fifteen with eleven RBIs, um, I think three home runs, and then Drew Gilbert was seven for twelve with six RBIs. Um, he had two home runs on the weekend, but that that deciding game winner home run that he had in the eighth inning on Friday kind of set him apart. I mean, he's just so valuable to this team. And I think he's had an underrated season. And you're like, Landon, that's stupid. He was first-team All-SEC. I don't think he was really considered All-SEC or first-team All-SEC until like a couple weeks ago. You know, he dealt no, with the injury so. and, um, you know, just quietly just kept having a steady batting average, ended up with the, the top batting average in the SEC, beat uh, old Sonny for it in the last weekend. Yeah. I'm going Jarrell. It's – because of what we talked about earlier this year, about it was maybe midway through the year uh, when he was hitting in the top half of the order, we were like, if he can really get going there, like it kind of changes the line. I, I think I remember saying that, like it doesn't change the lineup because you already know this is a stout lineup, but it just it adds it adds another steady presence. I think I feel like maybe this was around the time we were talking about Dickey. We we kind of didn't know who was going to fill that spot at the top of the order. Jarrell has shown he can hit wherever. Like he he's he's a guy that as the year is going on, if you bat him first, second, or eighth, ninth, what wherever you want to put him, it's it's getting to the point where he's one of he's one of those guys which is I was about to say he's one of the guys that you want up in this lineup in a in a clutch spot. I feel like you could say that about just about everybody. So it's weird, but I mean, he, his stats were ridiculous this weekend. He he's he's getting more steady as he goes, and I think that's you're starting to see the lineup balance out because of him. Like it's taking shape because you know you can put him. He's a chess piece. You can put him anywhere, and it's it's not really going to mess with him. Yeah, if you're facing a righty, you know, starting off the game, he's going to be in, in probably that six hole behind Trey. Um, and as a pitcher, you're like, all right, got through Gilbert, got through Beck, got through Lipscomb. Do they kind of take Drill lightly, and is he just making them pay for it? I think that could be part of it. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, he you don't when you see him, you're like, well, he's not really like a power hitter. Like if you see Lipscomb come up, if you see Beck, somebody like that, you're like, oh, you know, he throw bad pitch and it's it's going to the seats. He's not like a really like a speed guy, like, oh, you get, you got to watch for the bunt here. He he just does it all. So it's kind of tough. When you see all the other names in the lineup, I think he kind of sneaks in there, and it's like, oh, turns out he's he kind of does everything well. Yeah, and I think he's second on the team in home runs. I mean, I, I think that's part of why Trey Lipscomb did not win it is because you, when you look at Auburn and LSU, you think Dylan Cruz and Sonny Deshera. When you look at Tennessee's lineup, you think of the whole damn thing. <laughs> well, and it's the in that same vein, it's I think Jarrell's biggest asset is not having a standout thing. 
I mm-hmm. think that's his like I think that's his best part is you don't really know how to pitch him because it's not like he's sitting on this pitch and like if you miss with this pitch, oh, it's going out. Like he he's he's a guy that if you miss with any pitch, even if you make a good pitch, he can still get a hit. So I it's weird to say, but he, I think his be, his best part is not having a a standout thing at the plate. Well, and with his story with that coming out that he was sleeping at the complex in the locker room. Um, while they're gone on a, on away games or away <clears throat> series, I mean, are they going to have to install a bunch of buck beds in there? Um, just make it like a barracks because everybody's going to want some of that. They want that huge jump from batting, you know, one twenty or one forty, whatever Jarrell was last year, to to batting three hundred and being, you know, one of the best hitters in this in this lineup. Add another name to the list for biggest psycho on the team. He's sleeping in the facility. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's, the more stories that come out, you just find out this team's completely insane. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, now that I, I, I found out that, that Blade does, in fact, like the open hand slaps to the face, I mean, that that's almost MVP worthy to me. I think it is, just just for that. Just, just for the look in his eyes, Landon. Just try to find it somewhere if you can. It's, yeah. it's hilarious. It's hilarious and terrifying at the same time. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be in the box with him. Um, Caleb, do you want to go MVP real quick? Or tell us if you if you can't. So sorry, I, I had a I was stepped away while y'all were doing MVP. Did anybody not neither of y'all pick Blade? Nope. All right, I'll, I'll take it. He got the series win on, on Friday. Um Okay. Big uh, came in big time through what how many strikeouts did he throw in his I think it was a five or six. A lot for the amount of innings he pitched. Um, just a, the blade we all know and love. It sucks the year he's had being injured. Uh, yeah, five, five injury, and three I innings. Say. I mean, that's just stupid. <laughs> he almost got his queso in three innings. Uh, <laughs> halfway there, he, he uh, just a just a stud. And, and like, I mean, both y'all said it. There's so many dudes that could have earned it this weekend. But I'm giving it to the guy who comes in in a tough situation, gets Tennessee the win. And um, I mean, I guess they had to go out and turn his off switch off or turn his off switch off to get him back to the to the bus or he probably just would have circled the mound for hours until the <laughs> next game so there'd be a ring around <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm glad they were able to, to get him under control we don't want another frankenstein situation on our hands yep love that um that's kind of all i got y- y'all have anything else other than um i don't know why mississippi state you know they flipped the bat on thursday down 21 runs don't get that but hey, do what you want them to do, and then Mississippi State's pitcher on Thursday or Friday is is talking smack, but didn't have a lot to say after Gilbert went yard on him. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't understand either one of them. I mean, only thing I got left is the bet I placed thirty six dollars to win six hundred twelve is looking better and better by the day for Tennessee College well, World Series. You got a cash out already? No, no, not yet. See, so I put five bucks on on them. It was early. It was probably before conference play, um, which doesn't win me a whole lot. Maybe I think it's like a hundred dollars. But now it's like so five to win a hundred. It's like seven bucks now. So they're they're scared. Yeah, they're I, I got them. I got them right after Ole Miss. I think, and it was plus. They're still plus seventeen hundred, which was crazy high still. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think now. I think now we're. I know we're. 
the odds on favorite, but I think it's like plus four hundred last time I yeah. checked. So it's not, not even worth it. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump back to that that Mississippi State pitcher, Preston Johnson. Um verbal meme, you're not that guy, pal. <laughs> Listen, you're not that guy. You, you came out, you pitched well. Well, he had 10 strikeouts um, and what you're doing because you pissed off the wrong team. Um, you, you did it to yourself. Yep. You, you left that slider hanging there, brother. Listen, Drew Gillard might hit that ball hard. He may not hit it that hard if you just don't talk to Jarrell Ortega like that. You never know. Yeah. I'll try it. It's a good point. <laughs> good point. All right. Well, guys, we will um... – be back next week, hopefully talking about an SEC championship in Hoover. And then um, that'll be – we'll know our regional opponents. So we'll, we'll talk about that, discuss everything. And, um, man, I'm just excited. I don't know. The and, and Wednesday night, right after the game, more important issues is going to go live right after Vanderbilt or Ole Miss. We'll actually have Cody Hahn on. Didn't get to get him on on Sunday. Um, so make sure you get a little, little post-game action. Yeah, Dylan, you can join us if you want. Thursday. <clears throat> yeah, good. former All-American Cody Hahn. Um, check his bat. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Um, again, we'll be back. Go Vols. We out.